0: To another episode of the football fignots podcast this is episode fifty eight this is season two two episode eight um with us tonight uh there's no brit we we got rid of him actually Britt's a little bit under the weather he has some con illness uh but we do have Adam
1: hey Craig how are you
0: Adam How are you doing today? good thanks for having me on good thanks for being here. I know you were um stuck in traffic for a while and <laughs> yeah, it's never fun nope um yeah, so Um, we'll just, uh, keep things going as usual. So Adam very graciously brought me some beer. Um, it's from a brewery that I have heard a lot about lately. It's is, uh, a can of beer by Treehouse Brewing Company and they're in, um, Massachusetts, right?
1: Yeah. Somewhere in Massachusetts. Uh,
0: yeah. So this is, um, a very brightly colored orange can. Uh, it's called Julius. Is an Indian pale ale. Um, it is 6.3% alcohol. So we are going to give this a try.
1: I've had it before. I, I did enjoy it, although I'm not the, a big beer drinker myself. Um, mm. I did enjoy it.
0: Mmm. Ooh. That is very, very juicy. Wow. You really get some... Um, well, it's on the back of the can. Uh, notes of peach, mango, passion fruit, and uh, citrus.
1: Yeah, it was very citrusy. I remember when I I'd had it.
0: The flavor for me, because Brit, Brit and I always kind of differ on what we taste, but this particular one, you really, I feel like I just ate a peach. Like, you get that juiciness in your mouth afterwards. This is, um, this is really nice. This is a cool surprise. Thank you. Welcome. Um, this saves me an hour and a half trip to Massachusetts. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I need another uh, taste of that.
1: Hmm. I don't know if you could buy. I don't think you can get that in stores. I think you no, have don't to think, go to um, the brewery. I don't think they sell it around here. Nope.
0: I know a couple of people I work with. Um, Go up there, and they go up to Other Half Brewing in Brooklyn, where you can only get the beer um, at the brewery. Um, quick little notes. Um, just have to say hi, Deb. Um, I like to say hi to Jeff because Jeff actually, when he came into my store this week, he said hi to me. We had a little conversation. It was nice. He didn't just uh, wave and walk out like he normally does. So, hi, Jeff. Um, Roping Cinch feels better. He's a little bit under the weather. And uh, we actually have two new listeners. Um, one's a former coworker of mine. One still works for the same company, but not at the same place. Uh, Miguel and Andrew, thank you for listening. I don't know if anyone else in that message thread we have listened, so to hell with them if they don't. Um, so moving right along, we are going to do some burning hot take questions. So Adam, would you like to give or receive?
1: I'll receive. I'll, you could go ahead and give. I'll answer. Hopefully. All right. Okay. Okay.
0: So Britt and I have had this discussion a little bit back and forth. Um Mr. Barkley, new running back of the Giants. He went to your alma mater, Penn State. He he's a Penn State running back. And brian and I talked about this before, the history of Penn State running backs is not good in the NFL. So you had Curtis Enis, he was there for in the NFL for two years. Larry Johnson had a great two years and then he he just burned out and he's broken now. There was Kijana Carter there was, I don't want to go too far back, but there was Blair Thomas, who at the time was the best running back in the draft. He became a Jet, and he forgot how to hold the ball. So now that um, Berkeley has had his first NFL injury, you being a Penn State fan, and I know you're a, you're a big college fan in general. Do you have any reservations about his career?
1: I don't. I think the injuries are, are something that are going to happen. Um, it's, it's, it's unfortunate it happened this early in the year um but we saw some uh some of his runs in the first preseason game. I think his first run went for like 39 yards um so i I think he does have the bil- the ability uh to succeed at the, in the NFL he's in a good situation i think with the Giants um I thought all along he would be the the person that they would take they could really use uh they they could use that kind of uh skill position in the backfield um and so I think he'll get every opportunity to succeed there it comes down to whether he's going to be able to remain healthy i think that's but that's a question for everybody. So I True. think he remains healthy. I think he has the opportunity to be a top running back in the NFL, so not only really this year, but in the future. So
0: he breaks the Penn State curse because he I is the he first running back after the Joe Paterno era.
1: I think he does. All I right. think he's a, a very talented player, and I think he, as long as the he stays healthy, he's going to get every opportunity to succeed in the NFL. All
0: right. And there you have it because yep. Adam is a much bigger <laughs> college fan slash follower than and i so there you
1: go my uh my my question is also around uh uh, rookie players um i was reading an interesting article the other day uh that four of the top 10 running backs uh points wise from i think it was fantasy pros was the source of the uh the statistics for the top 10 running backs were last year okay uh which made me th- start, start thinking about are there any rookies other than saquon barkley who you just asked about mm-hmm. um that have the opportunity to be a top 15 or even top 20 player this year for their position not just talking running back it not could just be, running back it could even be a quarterback if we think there's a quarterback who has the opportunity to play a significant amount of time this year as a first year starter hmm
0: That's
1: a good question um
0: I actually last year was my first year in a fantasy college draft. So that actually made me start following college a little bit a little bit more. Uh, and the way that worked is you drafted whole teams and you started like or you're like, okay, this week I'm starting Alabama's quarterback, I'm starting Florida State's receiver, I'm starting Clemson's running back kind of thing. So not individuals, just team. Um you pick individual from the team and you can mix and match. So Okay.
1: It's interesting format.
0: Yeah um so i got to, i got used to seeing some players names and i think given the opportunity i think uh calvin ridley who is now the receiver on the falcons and yes i know he did get injured early um i think he has a really big potential to take over julio jones's spot um my opinion about julio jones is you know he's a great player when he's not hurt and when he feels like catching so um, i think calvin ridley is the future of the falcons uh, receiving core
1: uh I do like Calvin Ridley as well um to me, he's joining an offense that has a lot of established players. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was reading an article I think on Bleacher Report that actually linked me to the fantasy pros um, rankings that kind of breaks down the percentage of targets yep. and uh, I think he has the opportunity to probably pick up a lot of uh targets that um would normally go to is hompson from... who's not there anymore right
0: um I don't think I think he moved. Did he go to Detroit?
1: Yeah, so I think he has the opportunity to make up some of those uh pick up some of those targets. Um, but you know, they have two good running backs. They have they Austin do. Hooper. You already mentioned Julio Jones. So it'd be interesting to see how he fits in. But mm-hmm. I think if you're if you think about this year, I don't know if he'll be able to get to that top fifteen, but right. long term I don't necessarily disagree with you that he might he's gonna be a, a, a big time player in the NFL.
0: Right. Um as far as quarterbacks go, I don't know, there is such a big Roll random around quarterbacks this year. I have no idea. I have no idea who's going to wind up where. Um, there's two Josh's. So one of them might be good. <laughs> um, how about you? Is there anyone that you are paying attention to? I mean, you know, you always want to draft a running back that's in Denver. So, you know, they have a rookie running back.
1: <laughs> I think as from a running back perspective, everything I'm hearing is he's probably going to be the one to have the biggest opportunity to play right away from day mm. one. Um, I think rookies, as it does, all, a lot of it is situational, not only going into camp but coming out of camp, too. And last year we saw Kareem Hunt had a, a, a huge year and, and became a very uh, popular player. It was only after an injury that happened very early in the preseason. Um, so I think you have to look at those situations. That When camp's done, if, if a young running back is not necessarily the starter coming out of camp, where is he on the depth chart? Because right. injuries play a big part Um and situations are different on every team. So you never know who may be just because they're starter day one um, doesn't necessarily mean they're going to be the starter week nine, week 10. So looking for those opportunities and value in late draft late round draft picks for, for rookies or first year players that may have an impact later in the year. Um, But I think from a running back perspective, I think you're right. The, the, the the, uh, Denver situation probably provides the most um, immediate chance for someone to have a impact as a first year player. Yeah. You think
0: he's over Barkley or do you think Barkley's going to have a bigger impact? I think
1: taking Barkley out of the take, conversation, yeah. Okay. Every, you know, taking him out of the the mix. I think everybody everything I'm hearing is a little general consensus I think that he's going to be uh, he has the most potential to be a top 10 player this year. Okay. Um so if you take him out of the mix, I think the next uh, situation is is in Denver um, where it's uh Freeman, right? Ru- uh, Freeman?
0: Yep. He's the rookie and then yeah. I am not sure who else they have. Yeah, but I'm hearing that. the top of my head
1: he's the one who, who who may start the season as their uh, their lead back.
0: Yeah, and for some reason it, it, it I guess it's just the thin air. Um, Denver running backs always tend to do well, uh, especially at home. So
1: Yeah, I'm looking through my notes here by the way. The the it's uh, Muhammad Sanu is still on the on the Falcons, I believe it was Taylor Gabriel, I believe. Oh, I was thinking left. Oh, okay. Um and I was looking at their target share and um yeah, you know, there's opportunity for, you know, Calvin Ridley to pick up some some targets uh with Taylor Gabriel leaving the team. Um, what about quarterbacks? What are your thought on quarterbacks? Is anybody going to start, or any rookie quarterbacks going to start day one?
0: Um, I mean Josh in Arizona is probably going to start, though his his post draft interview maybe not a fan of him. Um, who else we have?
1: There's no chance you think Darno starts for the Jets?
0: Uh, being someone that's watched the Jets since the early '90s, like 1990. And seeing the waterfall of quarterbacks (laughs) they've had. Um, Because this is what, you know, they drafted Sanchez and he started playing, and then, you know, look what happened. And then you have, um, uh, what's his name? They drafted in the 80s. What was his name? That Brent, I just had a giant conversation about that I just blanked on. Um, But anyway, if they have someone, they have Bridgewater, they have McCown, they could, like, let him observe at least half the season especially being in new york i don't think he's pretty much he is their future and i think if they push it too early they're gonna burn him out quick especially being in new york um so i'm hoping that they don't start him um i can see them starting him out of necessity but i'm hoping they don't go to it right away
1: okay how About Josh Allen in Buffalo, do you think that he plays at all this year? I know that AJ McCarron was reports early on that he broke his collarbone. Now I'm reading that he didn't. Yeah. Oh, he didn't. That's what I'm reading. Okay. Um, the last
0: thing I the last thing I saw on him was he, it was broken. And no, who that's that's, who that um, that's, was. that's many
1: weeks. Yeah, I would think that if it was a broken um, collarbone, yeah, that's what happened to uh, Rodgers. Yeah, it would be. Um, yeah, he returned to practice. This is an article from ESPN uh, posted six hours ago. He returned to practice, so I would say that that means he. He is not does not have a broken uh shoulder. Um okay. limited. He was limited after injuring his right shoulder. Last Friday's preseason game still has some soreness. Before hearing that I was I thought that there was a good chance that Josh Allen would maybe not start the year but get some playing time this year, but now that I hear he's uh AJ McCarron is not out for a significant amount of time makes me wonder if he will play early on in the year or not. Um Yeah.
0: Uh when he came in for the Bengals he, he was a good quarterback. He just never he never had the opportunity to start. Um, but i liked having him there cuz having a good um backup quarterback is something you need in the nfl just ask the eagles so i liked having him there i can i understand why he left cuz he wanted to start somewhere um so
1: sounds like they're still the uh bills are still planning on starting josh allen though at sunday's preseason game uh, against the bengals um so he will get the start this weekend uh it'll be interesting to see what happens there long term
0: yeah um because it's going to bug me. I have to look up the uh, Jets quarterback that I was thinking. Uh, Ken O'Brien. Ken O'Brien. That's who it was. Yeah. Ken O'Brien was the best quarterback out of college that year, and uh, the Jets drafted him. Then my voice trails off. (laughs) (laughs) Other quarterbacks that year were uh, Jim Kelly and Dan Marino. So, (laughs) Uh, yeah, so we'll see. Um, so something I know Britt has brought up a couple of times on the podcast, um, especially when we found out you were going to be on, uh, he's had people ask him about starting leagues. Um, and you and I have run our league for a long time now, you being the head commissioner. So I figured we take some time and, um, you know, we go over some things about people who wanted to want to maybe start their own, uh, league, you know, um, stuff like, you know, how hard is it to set up? Like how hard is it to run it? Um, you know, stuff like that.
1: Not, it's not particularly hard to set up. There's a lot more options today than there were when we started years ago, a yes, long time ago. Uh,
0: when we had to do it over, like reading newspapers. Yeah, I think the league, using email.
1: <laughs> I want to say the league's first year was 1994. Um, we had no access to email or internet at that time. The yep. first person who ran our league did a lot of the scores by hand, and used to send out the updates. At least I used to get mine in the mail because I lived out of state at the time. Yep. Um, so a lot slower then to get your updates. We had to phone in our lineups. We had to phone in any waiver claims. Uh, get on the phone and talk to people about trades. So we've seen the whole fantasy football landscape change pretty drastically since we started that long ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I think we've been Definitely. we've been doing the co-commissioner thing 15 since years maybe? At least. 12, 15 years? Yeah, that's, um, that sounds about right. And we, I think we started, we took it over sh- shortly after... Um, moving from the paper system to a digital system but the digital system was still uh not on the internet i remember we had a program that we had installed locally yep. on our pcs we, run it that we, way. we should dial up i think <laughs> to pull down the stats on tuesday mornings after the monday night game yep and then we would generate reports but at least then we had the ability to send them out via email yep, so hoping it was right yep hoping it was right we had to double check all the scores so we've seen uh, all that change and we decided um when the uh, internet hosted league setup started uh, we picked CBS at the time um, and we're still with them today uh, but there's a lot of different options now even 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 today there's CBS there's Yahoo there's ESPN there's NFL I was just looking today at uh, my fantasy league uh, there's a lot of different options out there so there there are some things you could do um, and there are some things you could should consider when you're trying to start a league um, I kind of hope to give you some and some tips on how that the best practices around that things to think about and you'll know, get your, your thoughts on some of that stuff as well. Um, you know, if I think first off, find out what your number of teams, how many teams you're going to be having in the league may, may help you decide on what type of league you want to do. Yeah. We even do, Numbers make it easier. Even numbers make you it easier. It. You don't need them technically. Cause you have, you could do a season points, total standard, uh, uh, scoring league where, um, you know, every month, every week you start your, your starting lineup and you score for that week. And You just add up the points over the week, and the top teams are 1 through 10. Uh, We've always done head-to-head leagues. I personally find head-to-head leagues a little bit more um, interesting. Uh, Yeah, definitely. But like you said, it's going to depend on how many teams you have. Six, five, six people, it's hard to do uh, head-to-head that has some sort of division structure. Uh, if you have 10 to 12 or even more, 14, 16, it's easier to split up the, the teams into divisions. Yeah, So that's, how, gonna, uh, that's how we have it. You're going to want to consider that and figure out what's the best model for you. Um, you're going to want to decide how many regular season weeks you want. You're going to want to decide how many rounds of the playoffs you want that will also uh, guide your schedule making um, efforts, uh, which the league setups with CBS, ESPN, Yahoo will help do that. And many times they automatically set the schedule based on your um, on your league settings. We have a custom schedule in ours. We do. Because uh, the owners in our league really like the divisional play aspect and want the divisional games to mean more. So yeah, it's so important we have when they're playing to do it
0: sooner. Yes. Before people start taking weeks off. Yeah.
1: So they like to have the structure where you play a set of divisional games up front and then you have four or five weeks in the middle of the season where you're doing a lot of inter division games. Yep. And then you finish the season uh, with all the divisional games so that hopefully you have people who are close in the standing. Those games mean a little bit more. So luckily we developed a schedule not too long ago that works for our league and we're just kind of reusing it. But I do have to remember every year, when we do the setup through CBS, CBS will always reset our schedule. Yep. We always have to go back in and put our custom schedule in. So it's things like that you may mm-hmm. want to consider when picking what type of format from a, a number of teams and the type of uh, scoring system you want to use is to think about those different options that are available. And then a new one that's that's I know you just mentioned before um, we started speaking was the best ball format, mm-hmm. um, which is something I've seen and used in, on the DFS side. I've never really done a season-long best ball format and i've actually been speaking with some friends who want to try it so we're, we're looking for a, a league that will allow that type of setup from what i could tell my fantasy league does give you the ability to um set up that format they call it there's a couple different names they call it by but best ball is is what i know it as so i'm going to be looking at their setup to see how that uh how that works
0: yeah our in our league is a little different too like you know we get together for the drafts and our draft format kind of follows kind of follows the nfl draft format um, so we don't do, this is part of the reason why I don't like snake drafts because <laughs> I've gotten so used to how our league drafts that me doing is snake draft in other leagues is painful, especially when you have like, you know, this, like a middle pick, like the seventh pick in a snake draft. It's like you pick once and now you're waiting for like 45 minutes <laughs> or if you're in the beginning or of lo- it, it's even, yeah, you get, even so longer. you
1: get one of the top three players available, but then you're waiting for you know, if you're in nope. a twelve team, I, I still those think picks. the
0: best the best spot to draft in a snake league is the last pick, so you get a double.
1: I was I was recently listening to um, fantasy sports radio, and they were talking about the snake draft format and how a lot of the uh, leagues have adopted an auction style uh, hmm. format, which I've never done. I've done it for baseball very very long time ago, years ago, um, because they feel that the auction style gives you control over a little bit more control over your team as opposed to a snake draft where mm. How you where you like you just where you picked you may be waiting a long time for those for those picks to come back to you and you see a lot of players going off the board with the auction at least you feel that there's an opportunity for you to bid on somebody
0: okay so we'll sidetrack a little bit how does that how does that work because i've never done one either well, um so like you're bidding for your spot
1: you're bidding no you're bidding for the player so typically when when i was listening to the fantasy sports radio over the weekend on Sirius XM and they actually were live broadcasting two auction style drafts right on the air and whoever show it was at the time was just kind of giving some commentary on it as it was happening and they were going back and forth between these two drafts that were broadcasting live. Um, I don't know exactly how you'd get it started. I know when I did it for baseball um, I think we randomly selected a player's name. I think all the top players went into like a a lottery style and we picked the first name um, or somebody threw a name out to begin and then everybody has a budget to work with. And then they just start bidding on the player. So if the first player who comes up is David Johnson, they start taking bids 25, 30, 35, 40. And the highest bidder the, is that awarded player. that player. And it comes huh. off your budget for the remainder of the auction. Interesting. Um, I've seen auctions where then the person who wins throws out a name, the next person to be auctioned off. And you keep going through that until uh, the rosters are full. Um I haven't done it for baseball. football. I haven't done it, uh, but it does sound interesting, and it is a good point that at least with that style you feel like you have an opportunity. If I'm drafting eighth or ninth in a ten or twelve person league, I know there's a bunch of players I'm not going to be able to even have a chance of getting. Right. Uh, with the auction style, at least you have and you have a little bit of control. How much of the budget do you want to spend? That's true. Uh, you mentioned huh, earlier though the way we do it, and our league is the only one who's ever I've ever been in that yeah, does man, this that way. I, too. <laughs> and when I explained it, I think people. Are confused as how it works but the more i've done it the more i do feel it's a little bit f- fair compared to a s- snake style draft or even just yeah. a straight one through 10 one through 12 and just right. you know because ours um yeah.
0: ours is like the nfl where it rotates
1: uh yeah so ours is and we do random uh, right. draft selections we do not base our draft positions on the previous year's uh results our feeling is everybody's holding over or keeping one player mm-hmm. so when you do that everybody's pretty much on on equal level. ground yeah yeah at that part. point so why have last year's winner be penalized when they are keeping one player like everybody else right uh so we will randomly draw out of a hat our draft order and then that draft order for the first round will go one through ten like a normal draft and then the following round round two the person who fix picks last in the previous round picks first in the next round yep. and everybody moves down one space so round one will be one through ten Round two will be 10, one through nine. Round three, that ninth pick moves to the first round, and in the third, in the third, uh, first pick in the third round, and you just keep going and going, and yep. it re- and eventually, you know, we do a twenty-round 20, draft or eighteen-round yeah, draft, 18,
0: 20, eighteen to twenty, it depends. You typically
1: go right back to the beginning at least once. We've had yeah. drafts that were longer where you actually go through the whole cycle twice. Um, it is a little confusing to keep track of as the commissioner.
0: that's a lot because what happens is you you have people putting names on the board and then when the later drafts, like later rounds, like no one knows who they want. And then you have multiple people looking at draft names all at the same time and they put up, uh, you know, two names at once. (laughs) Uh, Because
1: because of that, though, you mentioned one of the more valuable picks in our league, I think, is people either hope they get in the top three or ten the last right because then they're guaranteed they're getting two of the first 11 players yep whereas if you were in a snake draft and you were doing a 10 well you'd still get that but then the the one doesn't feel at such a disadvantage so they're not going one through 10 and then all the way back to them it's one through 10 then 10 picks again and then one has an opportunity to pick again. So it's it's a it's a different system i've never played in a league that's done it like that Mm -hmm. um it works for us no one has ever suggested changing it whenever, whenever
0: i think um I mean, the auction does sound interesting. I would be open to doing that more. I definitely would not be for a snake draft, like at all. (laughs) The auction (laughs) brings up
1: another uh, interesting option for doing a league setup: is whether you want to have, even if you don't do an auction, whether you want to have a salary cap based league. Mm -hmm. For years, the league used to. Yeah, the the league we're talking about now used to, and the system was it wasn't particularly complicated but it was something that had to be managed and i think for the first few years cbs didn't even have the ability to track yeah, it salaries wasn't even, it wasn't even an option yeah we had to do it manually i think i had a spreadsheet i had yep. to look to see who everybody picked up i had to reference my salary list and then <laughs> a lot of Excel someone might on. be over the ex- the cap and if i didn't catch it before the start of the week i'd have yeah. to
0: and now mind you we've been doing this for a long time so if yeah. you're just starting out your league like don't worry about yes. it yes CBS now.
1: Uh, I don't know about ESPN or, or NFL or any of the other ones, but CBS now actually has a very, uh, very manageable salary cap system. You just have to put the salaries in to start. Hmm. Uh, which we had, we had a formula we used to use based on points uh, averaged over two years, what what a player's salary would be. Um, but we didn't. We decided to move away from that, and I think the feeling was it wasn't really. Changing the structure of anybody's roster very much anymore. I think salaries kind of where what's helpful, was where people who found a lot of value or rookies, people who didn't have, yeah, um, would have these low had salaries, a very low salaries, yeah, it was we like would three dollars or five dollars. We started out at one point doing like an average of the top 25 players at every position would be the salary for the rookies, but then we ended up going with a more flat system of okay, all yeah. rookies are five dollars or whatever it is, right? Um, that was where the value really helped because. You you would have um, if you had two or three rookies on your league on your team, or maybe even one that was contributing and scoring. You had a big value saved in your overall salary to be able to pick up some guys who were on the waiver wire that were high value, high salary guys. Yeah, I, I do say with the do I have to admit with the salary cap, it felt like there was always one or two people on the waiver wire who mm-hmm. were always pretty good because their salaries were so high, mainly quarterbacks, mainly yeah, yeah. quarterbacks
0: had ridiculous salaries, like like $40. Yeah. <laughs> just
1: the way the point structure worked and our calculations work, salaries for quarterbacks were always very high. So you'd always have one or two quarterbacks on the waiver wire who could be a nice bi-week replacement if you had the money in the salary to pick them up. Um, but we did that away with that. We just felt it wasn't really um, adding to the value it used to. Uh, we, we initially put it in place to prevent, teams from stacking players right um, people would hoard yeah running backs hoarding running backs we had uh people who would sometimes carry three or four quarterbacks um by instituting you could either do position limits which we also do but i think yeah. we we have those are those not tend to be not as restrictive or you do the salary cap where keeping high, that many high value players as uh, high salary players is difficult to do
0: yeah, because people would do that and hoping to like make trades later, and for some reason in our league, like trading is very difficult.
1: It's become difficult. I don't know why. It never used why. to be. In yeah, I mean, the, I remember uh, years uh, ago we, we
0: usually have pretty good trades randomly. At least I yeah. got Sean Alexander from you that time. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I will say with trading too, when you're setting up a, a league, um, make sure all the rules, especially around trades, waivers, uh, are set set up, and everybody understands them. I yeah. think it's important. Uh, I've been in a lot of leagues where like commissioners hold the final say on all trades, which I've never really agreed on. I like a more system of—I don't think you should be able to just trade anybody for anything. I think there should be some sort of um, trade approval process, but it should go to the league. And I think most uh, uh, products today, I know CBS does does give you you the voting system. You can vote on it. You can vote on it. You just set a time and and make sure everybody understands that because what we've run into with the voting is people who try to make these teams try to make these last-minute trades on a Saturday. Or yep. a Friday, they have to understand there's a 48 hour voting period. We pick 48 hours because you know people need time to you know get the look email, at look at it. Maybe yep. now today it's easier to do because we have mobile phones and we get stuff faster than we did 10 years ago. Uh, but I think it's important to still have that so that you know the league is comfortable with the trade. You never want someone who's I'm done for the year, I'm not doing very well, yeah. I'm going to trade a couple guys for a draft pick or two, or um, and not get a much in in, in return. So I think we, uh, we have that system in place, but I think it's important people understand how that system is used. Mm -hmm. And as commissioners, I think, and we've done it, we, you only get involved really if there's, if there's a tie Tie or if there's a dispute. Disagreement. Yeah. Yeah, And I think over the last 10 years, I think there's maybe been one, only one or two instances where we've had to make a deciding vote uh, on something.
0: Less than a handful. Yeah. Um, that would probably go into the, Category of um the hardest part of running the league is probably dealing with people and making sure people like you said, making sure people understand the rules of the league, they understand how the scoring works, they understand how trading works.
1: Yep. And I think documenting uh, all the lineups work. Yep. Documenting all that's important too. We've had situations in the past where we maybe didn't think about the entire uh season, I would say. This is years ago when we first moved to the online system. Uh, we never used to have a trade deadline. Or did we? Was it a new It was... No, we, we had did. a trade deadline. We it did. was... We did not have a roster lock time. Right, right. Um, you couldn't change your, couldn't your change, roster yes. after a certain time. Which is something as a commissioner and as a league, you're going to decide whether you even want to do. Do you want people to be able to pick up players on the waiver wire during the playoffs? Or should you say, look, if you're going, in, you're going into the playoffs with the team you have at the end of the season? Uh, so we had a situation arise once where someone had two quarterbacks, I think, in a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Well, both of them were hurt. Both of them weren't playing. And he tried to pick somebody up on uh, Sunday morning, and it went through, I believe. And that started a whole conversation as to whether we should be allowing that. And I think the following year, we had to make a rule saying, we're going to be locking the rosters. You're not going to have the ability to do that. Um so I think you need to kind of think of all those situations because there will be something that always pops up later on down the road that you didn't think of, mm-hmm. and uh, so try to happens. yeah try to try to make sure you're you're covering as many bases as you can with your rules. Make sure they're clearly stated. Like you said, it's dealing with people. Sometimes they they don't interpret the rules the same way. So if you write it all down and make sure yep. everybody is uh, aware of what's going on, you get a lot of less problems down the especially, road.
0: Especially uh, especially with the scoring too. Um, so like yeah, as far as what the commissioner does. Um, You know, you're you're pretty much overseeing the league. You're the one that you're the one that's actually setting it up. You're the one that's setting the rules up Um, because now that everything is online, setting up league scoring is much simpler than it used to be. Um, They have like CBS has a lot of pre like we have custom scoring, but um, CBS and you know ESPN, um, Yahoo, they all have set preset scoring, and you can you can you can keep it. You can change it if you want. Um, If you're just starting out, I would say keep it and see how it works.
1: yeah, there's some things you could consider though doing to to, diff, to to make the league a little different than other leagues that people have been in. Um, as Craig mentioned, we have a custom scoring, but it's really based on the basics. I would say where it's not. Yeah, we don't have anything um, that's a really different uh, that, that you'll see across uh, other leagues. Um, I think
0: in our league defenses score more than other ones.
1: Defenses score a little differently, uh, and we always are constantly adjusting that. We, we were. Because we, yeah, we, at one
0: we, point, defense, like on average, your defense was giving you negative five points. And then one year I was like, we have to change this. Because yeah. <laughs> I can't do this
1: anymore. <laughs> uh, so our defenses do tend to score a little bit. Although I'm in another league where defenses score even more. So again, oh, really? every, every oh, league's okay. different. Every league's different. Uh, we do have bonuses, which I know some leagues have, some don't. Mm-hmm. Um, I am a fan of the, doing the bonuses. But I think when you're setting up the league, you're going to decide whether you're doing standard scoring or PPR. If you're going to decide to do bonuses, Try to find a balance where the yeah. positions are equal. You don't want one position to be um, you know, scoring so many more points than the others because there's just not a balance in the scoring system. Right. In our league, I think...
0: I think 100 yards for running back and receiver is a standard. It's standard. Um, and we, but we lowered the bonus a little bit. Yes. Like, you know, a quarterback's because if they throw over 300 yards, they get a bonus. Their bonus points aren't as much as running backs or is the other way around.
1: That's... M- it's more, I think, but not. Right. it used to be a lot more. It used to be a lot more. When we first started the league, I think throwing over for 300 yards wasn't as common as it is nowadays. So right. I think the bonus for, if I remember correctly, the bonus for 300-yard passing years a, 20 years ago was like 20 or 25 yeah, points. Yeah, it was like 25 points. The game has changed. There's a lot more passing. It's 300 yards, now. you probably have five to six or more guys doing that every week. Yeah. If a guy
0: throws under two fifty, it's like, yeah, really? We moved
1: that to uh, a much lower threshold. Now more in line with the running backs and wide receivers. That's the kind of things you have to watch for as, uh, you know, the leagues change the, the style of play changes Mm -hmm. 15 years ago how uh, running backs teams had, you know, there was a run. Everybody had a lead. Back. Everybody had a lead running back. Yep. There was no running back. By, I mean, there was a little running back by committee for some teams, but now running back by committee has kind of become more of a standard, a yeah. norm. I was thinking on the drive over, how many teams today would you consider actually have what you would consider a lead back, uh, uh, a well, three down back. I can only think of like maybe four now, or five. Like um, Barkley. Cause we just talked yeah, about him, uh, uh, David Johnson, Todd Gurley, Ezekiel uh, Elliott, yep. uh, Bell. Le'Veon Bell are the five. I mean, Kamara this year, May, for a couple games. May, um you start to have that much playing time, but not a lot of running backs stay on the field for all three downs anymore. So the no. get, that's where that game has changed. The game has changed too. Yep. So keep the scoring balanced as best as you can. It's tough. It, it'll require some discussion with the league, and I mm-hmm. always encourage that. I don't think as a commissioner you should just say this is what we're going to do. I think you should circulate ideas yeah. and take feedback from other teams and try to develop usually, the league and change um, it.
0: Usually you go with more if like if you have, you know, you can do a vote. Um you just go with whatever more people like. Yeah.
1: We have a majority league majority rule vote in our yeah. league. That's for anything that we any scoring changes, any changes to rosters, all that stuff has to be approved by the majority of the of the league. Um Yeah, but the scoring itself standard PPR, uh bonuses I'm in a league, it's interesting, uh, an interesting change to the bonuses in that one league is they do offer bonuses based on yardage totals, but they also offer bonuses based on length of touchdown, mm-hmm. um, which is very oh, interesting. Really? That's what, to me, makes that league a little different. Like,
0: like if you pass for an 80-yard touchdown? More points. If a running back for runs both? For, for both. Like quarterback and the receiver? Yes. Oh.
1: So if a running back runs a two-yard touchdown in from the goal line, six points, but if they do that for 45 yards out, it may be nine maybe 10. I don't know right off the top of my head, the math, but it makes it very hard to do the scores in your mind. When you hear, if you're driving around on Sunday afternoon and you hear your running back ran for a 55 yard (laughs) touchdown, you're trying to remember (laughs) what that, that equates to, but uh, it does make it a different and it separates it from the other leagues. So again, I think that's important too. trying to find something that everybody nowadays is in a lot of different leagues. Um, This year I'm going to be in four or five season long. Yeah. Let's see. Ours work
0: one. I'm going to be in at least three. Off the top of my head, but. yeah, I'm gonna be in five,
1: and I, and I, I've always said to myself, I never wanted to do more than two, but every year I just kind of get <laughs> in invited to one, and I, I try not, try not to say no, especially some people are trying to start a league and they need, they just need some, some people to join in because they may have eight people and they need to find some people, so. Yeah. Um, if you could find a way to make your, the league a little different from a scoring perspective, from a rules perspective, maybe maybe institute the salary cap just because it's something different than no one else does, or maybe you do an auction style draft where everybody yeah. else is doing a snake draft that that makes it and interesting if, for um, the for the owners.
0: If you can get together and do it, that's that makes it even more fun. I'm I mean, a, you can do it online, but I'm a more, big more fan
1: fun. of big supporter of in person drafts. Yep. I am not a big fan of the online drafts. I realize sometimes, sometimes it's an unavoidable.
0: To. People are across the country. Yes. Whatever,
1: but but uh, if you can, uh, we're trying to, we're, we're starting to do um, kind of a hybrid nowadays where uh, we do, like you said, we have people um, in a league who may live a few states away and you know, getting together is, is going to be difficult. We're doing the online dra- draft format, but we're going to meet somewhere, those who want to, as a group, sit around with our laptops at a restaurant or something that can provide us Wi Fi and, and do it together so that we still have kind of the, the online draft format. Yeah. Um, uh i'm sorry the in-person draft feel but the online the yeah convenience. yeah which actually from a commissioner standpoint the online drafts make it very <laughs> it makes easy life much easier if you're doing an <laughs> offline draft you most likely have to input those stat- yeah. those rosters so, after the fact it's a lot more work it's a lot more work online draft everything goes right into the system right away yeah i was at one draft years ago where the one of the one of the uh, owners attended the through skype Uh, Yeah. Everybody else was in the room. It was an offline draft. We did not do an online draft. Nine out of 10 owners could be there. One owner lived, uh, I don't remember where he was, but several States away. And uh, we had a laptop open Skype. He was at the end of the table. You could see everybody. You could Ah. hear everybody worked pretty well. Nice. Yeah. So there's options if you can't do it. So There's a lot of
0: options. you're Certainly as for who you should use, you know, um, check out um yahoo check out nfl.com which i think actually cbs runs
1: that's the only one i've never used nfl
0: um i think cbs actually runs it okay um so try you know look at cbs sports um who else has one espn uh they pretty much all do the same thing uh but they all do some things differently Uh, i've used yahoo a lot i've used espn before and cbs and the nfl one uh but You kind of have to figure out what works for you uh, because their formatting, their actual setup is different. Their formatting is a little different. I personally didn't really like how ESPN did things. I didn't like how their site was designed. Um, Yahoo has gotten better over the years. When they started doing fantasy football, they were not good. Like, you wouldn't be able to change players. They had stats wrong. Uh, CBS is, they've, every year, it seems like they, they have a couple kinks. They like get better. But then there's things like break. Uh, but they're pretty good about fixing things. So I know you've contacted them.
1: They get they're helpful. A couple times, a couple times usually scoring related, or, yeah. or a, we've had a, we had a weird issue with uh, it was early on in the mobile app days. Yeah, where someone put in a waiver claim through the mobile app, and their position on the waiver order, they should have got the player they wanted, and it didn't. And uh, <clears throat> I don't know if they sent me a screenshot. I believe they did. I think they sent me a screenshot showing that. They had to put the waiver claim in and it just said denied, and then I looked at the waiver order, which they should have been processed, and I had to open a case with them, and uh you know they obviously couldn't fix it because it had happened already. I had to fix it manually, but they were they took the feedback, and i we've never had that problem since yeah uh, so I'm, I think yeah. with picking a platform, there's a couple of things you should keep in mind. Yeah, make sure that if you have a scoring system in mind, make sure the platform that you're picking can support the scoring system. As you mentioned, we have a custom one, you can change it. There are a lot of platforms out there that offer a standard PPR and then the ability to build or customize those as well. But if you're doing something that you 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 something like a length of touchdown bonus, you want to make sure the platform you're going to choose can support those type of uh, configurations. Uh, does your team want, does your league want live scoring either on the web or on the mobile app? I think just right. about everybody has live scoring nowadays. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know if, I've used CBS, I know they do. I've used ESPN, I know they do. Um, I used Yahoo several years ago and I know they did. I've never used NFL, so I'm not sure, but I'm assuming they do. If live yeah. scoring is important, you want to make sure your platform has that. Um, do you want to pay for the platform too? There is that. See, CBS we pay for and yeah. we've been long, Time CBS Sports customers they have a long history. Uh, we're ten plus or twelve plus years, I think, of league history in the uh, in the CBS yeah, platform. So,
0: um, so think about you know keeping your league around for a while. That's right.
1: <laughs> and I've never even really looked into see if there's any way to get that information out of CBS if we ever huh. wanted to move, <laughs> other than taking screenshots or something yeah. to, to have that information. So you know there, some of these are free, some of them are paid. The CBS One is paid. Um, but yeah, I think that uh, and I've never used the My Fantasy League. Uh, platform. I I just recently started looking at it because someone mentioned that they do give you the ability to do a customized best ball league, mm-hmm. uh, which is something me and a few other people want to try. Uh, it's a good, uh, quick type of league where you know you draft once. Best yep. ball format means you're uh, you draft your team and you have your team for the rest of the year. There's no waivers. Mm-hmm. There's no trades. There's no add drop. Uh, unfortunately, if there's injuries, yeah. you, you can't um, you can't account for that. But then you're you, it just takes your best score every week and. And totals it for the season, so we're gonna. I'm gonna be looking into that platform next.
0: Yeah, uh, so that's actually a good segue to the next um, topic because I did have people ask me about best ball. Um, You say best ball, someone they don't know what you're really talking about. It sounds like you're saying baseball. Uh, So, as Adam just said, with best ball, what you're doing, you're you're joining a league. Um, You can do and same thing. You can do this in person, online, whatever. Uh, Like, so you go to Draft. Com, make an account with them. They have it set up where. You can join a best ball league, and it, you know it's random people. And as Adam just mentioned, what you're what you're doing, you have a, a standard draft, so it's something you're already used to. And you are you're drafting players. The thing about best ball is, especially when you're in season long, is that there's no um, no ad drops, there's no changing lineups, there's no trading. Uh, so what happens is you draft your team. That is your team for the year, and then the computer system picks out who ever had a better week that week and starts them for you. That's so correct. It's, yep. it's kind of like uh, you draft a team and kind of, oh, I don't want to say forget about it, but you really don't have to worry about it. Like, oh, my God, I need to set a lineup.
1: You're really just doing the draft work up front. Um, right. There is no lineup changes every week. You could just log in and look how see how your team did. So no decisions to make. That's what I kind of like yep. about it is I don't have to worry. Like, I don't have to read through so many articles and say, do I start right. this QB or that QB this week? It's going to take doesn't whoever matter. scored the most points, and I don't have to worry about did I make a bad lineup decision. Yep. Uh, and there is no trades, no waivers. That makes it easier. You not have to worry about the waiver wire or would, whether you got your request in on time. Yep. Um, um, there's typically no divisions either. I, no, I don't it's think all, uh, it's all one, one.
0: scoring. it's um
1: scoring. Yep. It's season-long points totals based on your starting your best players for that previous week. So, yeah. Um, It's a nice, it's an interesting format. I've done I did it for DFS last year several times. Um, I wouldn't say it was did very well. I think it was it taught me how to look at that format differently. So this year,
0: um, would you say your draft strategy is different with best
1: ball? Last year, I didn't approach it with that mindset. I said, I'm just going to draft like I would any other draft. Mm -hmm. And then I saw how my my team kind of um, took shape and. How it finished the season? Um, I didn't really have anything that finished more than middle of the pack, mm-hmm. and I realized that with the best ball, I didn't need to necessarily try to find the draft the best player that I thought was going to ma- uh, get the most points through the year. I, what I want to do is I want to find obviously you are going to the first five or six rounds right. you are taking the best players, but after right. that, it's okay. I've learned to take a player that may not be the best week week in week out player, but may have four, five, six games a year where they, they uh, score big points. Right. And I try to look for some of those players later on in the draft. Uh, maybe someone in a regular league that I would have would, that I would take with the mindset of this is being a backup, this is someone who's not going to play unless someone gets hurt or a bye week replacement. That person may actually have games in the first five, six, seven weeks that put him into the top, um, into your starting lineup because maybe they ran for three short yardage touchdowns and had a big right. game. So it does change my feelings about it a little bit later rounds. I think... Early round, you're still taking. You're still drafting the like, same the guys, top
0: twenty players. Yeah, I would that say. doesn't change it. There, it does um, change how
1: you think of things later on.
0: Yeah, especially like last year, Britt and I did one, and we wound up with Zeke, and uh, because of his game suspensions, we wound up coming in. I think we came in fourth because we just didn't have his uh, the points he would have had otherwise. But yeah, it does change. It's yeah, you're still drafting, but your mindset has to change a little bit because, uh, like Adam said, you're not. You're not drafting someone thinking they're going to be your backup. You know, you have to draft them. Like, like say, someone like Stefan Diggs, I would say a last year, we'll take him from last year, it would, be, it would have been a phenomenal best ball pick because there were some weeks he was just incredible. And then I had him in our league, and he was one of my starting receivers, and there were other weeks where he had 30 yards. Yep. And see, in season long, that screws you over, but best ball, it doesn't, it doesn't matter.
1: Yeah, that, that'll still count for you in best ball. You might get one or two weeks of uh, production out of a player who normally you might not even start on a regular week. Mm-hmm. So that's another nice feature about it. You get you get that, um, again, not having to worry about, did I make the wrong lineup decision? Um, I also don't care. I don't really look too much about bye weeks in when I do best ball because to me, if I'm not going to pick somebody be, because I need a quarterback one week. If I If I happen to take a zero in that week at the quarterback position, I'm looking at season long. Mm-hmm. Um, unless you have a structure where you have weekly prizes, I'm not even sure if they, if uh, any of the, um, I don't recall if like draft or any of those does weekly prizes at all, just season long. Um, uh,
0: I think when the season starts, they may. Okay, I'm not sure. So, I just started using Draft.com last year. Yeah, and, I just uh, I don't use I don't
1: I don't look um, I don't spend as much time worrying about by weeks on the because uh, it's also unpredictable. You 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 can't you can't add drop you can't waiver you can't trade so in the end a lot of times your best ball lineups can be dictated as how healthy your team stays exactly if you have a quarterback who gets hurt earlier in the year and he misses a lot of time then even if you plan for bye weeks it may not matter
0: right uh, yeah so i mean that's uh, that's a short well that's a pretty good description of best ball I would yeah think.
1: i mean if there's uh, if you go to myfantasyleague.com and look about starting a custom one they they give a pretty good uh Summary of what the uh, what the best ball format is. You don't submit any starting lineups. You don't trade or have to d- make any waiver claims, uh, and you don't need to worry about head-to-head matchups or playoffs. It'll automatically pick your best players every week and start them. So it's an interesting format. Uh, if you haven't done it before, you can check out, like you said, draft as season long yep. uh, had uh, season long best ball leagues. That's what I used last year, um, and they were fun.
0: Yeah. Uh, is there anything you don't like about it? Just, is it the for me? I think it's just a lack of control, which is just something you
1: have to get used to about the format what changing. I, what I don't like about it is if things don't go well early on, it's why even bother watching. I had I had a uh, few true. guys <laughs> last year get hurt, and early on in the season, um, and l- unless you have some sort of weekly uh, award for like okay, you might have had the best score this week, right. and you may get uh, some sort of prize. Um, I lost interest in some of my lineups because I knew I'd fall, fall so fallen so far behind because of injuries or situations that are out, like you said, out of control. You don't have the control.
0: Yeah. Um, wow. We are actually, uh, pretty much almost out of time. That
1: went by by quickly. Yeah, it It
0: did. did. Um, any, um, final thoughts
1: from you? Uh, I don't think so. I think if you're, if you're an aspiring commissioner and you want to start a league, I would say, listen to the owner, listen to the people who are going to be in your team, in your league, listen to the owners, listen to the other teams, um, be prepared to kind of work through issues throughout the year. Um, I think the longer the league's been around, maybe you you tend not to deal with a lot of issues. But especially with right. a new league, people may not like the scoring, may not like the waiver rules. Uh, so be prepared to kind of talk to people throughout the year about um, possible future adjustments. But if once you pick your format, I suggest staying with it for the year uh, and see make your adjustments uh, for future years. And just remember, you know, fantasy football is supposed to be fun. Never have yeah. a good time and. Uh, hopefully you know people don't take it too seriously and, no, and it is
0: rage inducing sometimes but you know it is but i think <laughs> if
1: the, we've never really run into a situation as commissioners that i could remember where where we were being blamed for uh so any issues no, or with no, the league happened, or uh,
0: that happened way before us before the internet days yeah
1: um but it was tougher to run back then so it it's 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 become a lot easier uh just listen to the owners be prepared and uh you know, have fun
0: yeah exactly um once again, thank you for listening. Um, I just want to mention something really quick. Uh, Britt and I uh, via Twitter and uh, the Fignuts um, Twitter account at FignutsDFS. DFS. Uh, we are part of the 2018 industry mock extravaganza. Uh, so we are doing a draft via Twitter, and I know Brit is posting uh, the updates to it on our website, uh, fignutsdfs.com. So if you're any interested uh, t- following along, Feel free to uh, check it out and see uh, who we picked up. Uh, Our uh, first pick was Alvin Kamara. Just want to say, I am still in love with Alvin Kamara. I probably will be for many years. Um, Anything else we have to go over? No, I think that's it. Um, Adam, thank you very much for uh, joining us this week. Thank you. And uh, maybe if Britt's over his influenza, he'll be back next week. Uh, Until then, check us out at uh, FignutsDFS.com, Twitter at FignutsDFS, Uh, same on Facebook. Uh, I'm Craig. This is Adam. Thanks again. Thanks again. Uh, Have a good week, everyone. We'll see you next time.